Good evening, everybody. Wednesday night, the 4th of October for episode 107 of So What's Been Happening. This is it, the wash-up. Who would have thought, eh? Who would have thought that I'd actually have to hit this button? And it kills me to do it. But here we are. It's, uh, it's a little bit wonky, and it was a little bit wonky for the pies too, but they got the job done. All right, let's bring up uh, the man that's got a year, the year for black and white. Let's bring him up, lovey. Welcome back, mate. Jesus, how are you, mate? <laughs> Uh, we can only smile, mate. We can only smile. If you don't, what do they say? If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Um, been a few tears, mate. It, it it's um, it, it already started about six o'clock on Saturday night, didn't it? The crap from the from Collingham people. Um, I mean, technically, they're now the most successful club of all time. Um, which is just another. Another bloody thing we've got to put up with for at least a year. And someone said to me the other day, they go, oh, so out of the out of the trinity that are on 16, who's going to be first to 17? This person was a Collingwood supporter trying to wind me up. Oh. I said, oh, who do you think, dickhead? And they go, ha, ha, ha. And I said, maybe the question you should have asked, who's going to be last to 17? And I said, I said, I think it's going to be Essendon more than truly. <laughs> but yeah. um, great game. I know we'll go into a bit more depth in it in a sec, but uh, sat there absolutely enthralled by the whole thing. And yep. we haven't had one like that since 2018, I don't think. So, that nah, was good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, massive weekend for AFL and NRL fans with yep. uh, two nail biters in both. So, look forward to discussing a little bit of both. But, Lovey, the no-show from last week, what's... Um, Okay. Our man, so, our man in Frankston. So I've been very, very concerned. The, the fact of the matter that he's out at Frankston these days is a concern in itself. There's a, there's a safety issue that is involved there, and um, I've been worried about him all week. He didn't rock up on on our last podcast because of internet issues. I, I sort of think, well, maybe there's a bit of you know vandalism in the area, and uh, he's poor. He's nice. got no bloody. Got no access to anything. And we yep. haven't heard from him all week until today. Um, so we have heard from him. Now, is he gonna is he gonna make an appearance tonight, mate? That's the question. Well, I've got a good news story. And the boy from Frankston, Frank from Frankston is back. Nice. Joining us I'm not sure what condition he's gonna be in, but let's see. Bring him on, Frank from Frankston. Welcome oh, back. Oh, nice. Welcome back, Cuz. I'm speechless, mate, because I'm very lucky, but I was lost in Frankston and missed the year of black and white bullshit, or BS as he likes to call it, put up the disclaimer, who showed care and concern about me. Just going to check my phone. No, I didn't get a message. Are you okay, Cuz? No, I didn't. No, it must have been another. He must have called another number. No? Hang on. I'll just check my emails. No, nothing there either. 
Hang on a minute. Mum, Lovey didn't call you either? No, okay, that's all right. Just check that. You're bringing your best tonight, Gaz. Hang on. Aaron called you, Mum. What did he call you? Hello, Mrs. Cuz. You're not Mrs. Cuz anymore because the jewel left a while ago, but it's okay. I'm back. I'm, I didn't get lost in Frankston. Like you, Alan, I'm, yeah, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> well worked, Buttons. Good stuff. Oh, Jaime. Buttons. Keep going, um, cousin. Don't stop there, mate. I'm not stopping. I've got a few of my, nope. few of my things. As, as you just, and I both know, we mate. live in Montmorency. Alan, stop talking while I'm interrupting or interrupting while I'm talking. Montmorency <laughs> is a lovely part of Melbourne, northeast suburbs, but it's a very Collingwood-centric area. Now, spring has sprung in many ways, but unfortunately, it's also high swooping season. They're coming out of the woodwork, these people. I'd be for Collingwood, and I'll say, what colour do Collingwood wear? Oh, I think they were the same colour than magpies. Mate, I've got so many things to talk about. We will touch on them all very quickly, though. As Alan said, and I'll touch on it later on in the classic, the two games that we saw on the weekend from the NRL and the AFL, my personal opinion, they've got to go down as probably two of the greatest. Just They, they had everything in all aspects, and... Very enjoyable to watch. And in all honesty, boys, my mum was very appreciative of the hellos that you said to whatever. So, yeah. But I tell you what, no disrespect to my mother or Frankston, but let's get the internet working down there. Absolutely. Pay the bills in some some way, shape or form. Hello to all my Frankston relatives and friends and whatever, but all good. Shout out to uh, Optus Dial-Up down in Frankston. Well back, well played, Cuz. Um, lost in Frankston, mad in Monty. Fair to say it's the world's gone mad now that the Pies have, have got one on us all. Um, and speaking of going mad, we, we have to touch on this straight away. One of the great tattoos during the week. Um, dished up on TikTok by, uh, by a guy having a couple of nectars and um, tattooing his old man and tattooing the wrong year on. So it was all going, it was all going great for I the mean, Pies. I mean... Let's not forget the fact that his barbed wire tattoo now looks like a piece of crochet you get from a seventy-five-year-old. Yeah, it's a ripper. The fact that his the fact that his kids got, you know, is basically numerously numerously illiterate. And is he in Frankston, by the way? Are they also based in Frankston or Cannon Hook? I think I'll be in that way. Cannon Hook's up market. I think I'll be in that way. Cannon Hook's up market. Cannon Hook's up market. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like it. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not going to go that, any um, further, okay? <laughs> but, but that tattoo, that, that tattoo is just, it just typifies what I was saying about Collingwood people. The ignorance on them is extraordinary. Unbelievably yep. extraordinary. What about sure. the, um, on, on their It official... just goes to show, it actually just goes to show, even dumb shits can have a bit of luck. <laughs> the, yes. Their official website which put up, well, I, don't, I don't know whether it was a website or Insta or one of them, photos from Mad Monday and that sort of stuff. And on it, it said, um, they, I think they spot either their name wrong or they got the year wrong as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's straight out of ABC Learning, that website. I wouldn't worry about it. 
Absolutely. Uh, sadly, this is what we had to put up with around the streets of uh, of Mad Monty over the weekend, mate. A couple of your mates in their cars, a couple of toothless tigers, um, plenty that uh, traded their Montmorency gear for for uh, the Mighty Magpies during the week. Um, they're on a mission now to go back to back. As this one question, you said a couple of my mates. What postcode is yours again? Tom, you, Tom, you left this, cuz. Um, we'll bring you back on in a second. <laughs> uh, there's, there's still some, there's still some great checking. magpie, still great some magpie men around, mate. But uh, you just, you just don't worry about staying here, mate. We, we want to keep you in money, so don't move out too fast. And by the way, are we on the market? Oh, well, according to you, I'm on the market. I live, I've got, I'm the richest man in the world. I've got a house in Frankston. I'm living in Monty. I didn't say you had we, a house in Frankston. I just said you got we, lost there. We, and I'm very careful how I use the word we because it always tends to come back and bite me. Um, hopefully within a week. Right, beautiful. We look forward week to that. Week to 10 after. days. All right, we're going to... Uh, we're going to bring on a little bit of madness from the last minute or so. Now, this at this stage, Collingwood are up by 10 points and the Lions are travelling at 12.880 to 12.18.90, the Pies. Here we go. Jenner, Markov, Lions got it back to McCluggage. Centering ball from McCluggage. Denver, plays on, and kicks a goal. Firstly, out of bounds, boys. What's the thoughts on that one? Lovey, you want to go first, mate? Well, I don't mind it. Yep. Oh, yep. I agree. The, the umpire made his call. The umpire's call at the time is play on. Tell you what, there's six of those yellow fuckers around the place. They should get it right. It was right. Yep, righto. Let's go. The kick off the side of the boot. Hoskinelli to Mark. Couldn't get there. Crisp. Mark off. Here go to Brisbane. I think the advantage has played Brisbane's way. More with the punch. Dacos. Let's go with a couple of plays there, boys. Um, firstly, dropping the ball first. Jack Crisp, yep. So it's there. It should be Brisbane's free kick. It then progresses, so they get they get the advantage in that position to go again, but the umpire didn't pay advantage. The ball goes forward, sky high, in the in a seemed like a fairly loud part of the crowd, but to be honest, nowhere near as loud as it's been during the last. Uh, whether they had the mics turned down, I don't know, but there we go. We're in the last couple of minutes or last minute of the game, and we talk about the big contentious issue of what should happen in that situation. When advantage is an advantage and umpires paid advantage. Um, I'm interested in a in your opinion from both of you boys. So Lovey, kick us off with what your what your thoughts are post game. Obviously, probably more in the moment more than anything. What did you think at the I just time? wish the game would grow I just wish the game would grow up a bit. I wish the AFL would grow up a bit. Yeah, I have the gumption to say that your umpires actually make errors. Hmm. If you look at the Premier League, if you look at any other competition around the world that's elite in its status, they have the ability, or if the umpire did that sort of thing, they have the ability to actually say, oh, hold on, no, it was wrong, we can bring it back. We seem to be the only competition in the world 
where we're so inconsistent on that, it's ridiculous. That would have only taken five to 10 seconds for someone to radio down to the umpire and say, mate, you've got to bring it back. He didn't yeah. hear it. It was not an advantage. The other thing is the umpire in that particular scenario, the, the actual central umpire making that decision, the ball's gone 35 metres up in the air into a pack. There is no way known that is even remotely advantageous to the Brisbane Lions. So you know what? If I have a grasp on the game, I'm actually pulling that thing back and I'm saying, nah, I'm blowing it back. Um, who was it? Was it Jared Berry that caught the head high anyway? So yeah. take it back. It goes back to there and reload. It's that simple. And the same thing happened about three or four times in that grand final. It's just, yeah. it's just, you know, I, I get it. Umpires, umpires under pressure as well make errors. So fucking help them out, grow yeah. up, yeah. and, um, you know, allow your rules to be exactly what they're meant to do. And then is make it a fair play. That should yeah. have been brought back 100%. And any calling on people that tell me otherwise, well, it's not worth having the argument with you. Anything to add, Cuz? Yeah, look, spot on what Lovey said. Like, I wrote down one, two, three. Like, Jack Crisp got tackled. He dropped the ball. He'd made no contact by hand or foot. Lockie Neal then picked up the ball. He got tackled around the legs. That is an illegal tackle. He handled the ball to Berry, as Lovey said. That's we're now, now at number three. That's all happened in, let's say, 10 seconds maybe, 15 seconds. The ball yeah. gets skied, as Lovey said. At what stage is someone going to say, hang on a minute, you've missed possibly two free kicks. Now, I'm not saying that the Brisbane bloke who got the free kick inside the forward 50 would have kicked the goal, but just stop it and go get it right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, and, I, and, I this, and, pretty... and one other thing I'll add to it as well too. After Danaher kicked his goal, and you might want to talk about it as well, but please tell me why we are warning, and it happened to both clubs in the last minute of the game, two minutes of the game. Why are we still warning them about the six six six? Yep. Yep. Good point. All right. Um, yep. Let's bring up. Uh... One little meme that came post-game as well was a ripper. <laughs> uh, it was one of the best. So, I mean, that's if that's not a blatant um, legs trip, and it should, it's got to be, got to be a free kick. Then it, how there's an advantage there is beyond me. So, anyway, let's what bring it up. What's happened? Hang on, before you go, what's happened here is that the umpires were given the license to let things go. Now they haven't done that all year. Now they do it in the grand final. Uh, it's, it's, look, that's okay, right? Mm. But umpire it the same way. Um, I just don't understand. The other thing that crept in, I don't know how many times Nick Dacos went to ground, dropped his knees, went to ground. I don't know how many times that then occurred and then Brisbane thought, oh, well, I'll do the same thing. There was at least seven or eight times where there were tackles laid and the guy that getting tackled either raise his arm to, to force an, a, a, a high high tackle or they drop their knees back like they were doing two or three years ago. And the umpires got sucked in on that. And yet everything else around the ground, they were um, you know, they were letting go, like the stuff you've just seen there. The other thing that the other thing that could have happened in that one you, you showed about the ball going up in the air and they called an advantage, yeah. um, where are the other three monkeys? <laughs> so it's not, it wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the first time that an umpire from outside the actual calling zone has actually made a decision. Hmm. So 
have some guts and call exactly what should be there. They failed to pay the obvious free kicks on the weekend, and that's what pissed me off the most. Yeah, That's what pissed me off. Because the obvious non-free kicks were those head-high ones too. Yeah. I think it's really sad. It's going to go down as one of the greatest grand finals, and I actually think the best team for the year won the grand final. But again, because our league is in the power brokers, can't make the big calls, we're talking about the wrong thing in a, in a game. And I think that's... That's sad because I actually think Collingwood deserve their win. But as you said, Lovey, you and I like to watch the EPL. You look at other world codes, they don't tolerate it. They say, this is it. Even the NRL, they say, no, mate, you made a mistake. We've had a look at the bunker. We've called it back. This is the correct decision. And they'll call on the captains and talk about it. Look, we should have that sort of situation. Hey, come over here, whoever. Come over here. This is why I've made that call. What, what do you think about that, mate? Is that the more? I just think the more umpires are brought in, the worse the decision making's been made. And oh. when they don't fix the arc as well, the fact that the arc is just such an obsolete um, tool at the moment, it's just horrific. So the league's got such a long way to go to sort out how it wants to implement the rules it's got in place. Um, again, I feel for the umpires, but. They could have helped themselves a little bit on the weekend too, and they just didn't. So someone told me at one stage on Saturday, and it's probably the same in every game of AFL football, when I say on the field, I mean is on the grass, whether it's inside or outside the boundary, I think they said there is 30 pairs of eyes who are an umpire, whether it's a boundary, gold, field. I'm not talking about the bunker. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, just get it. Right, 95% of the time. Yeah. You're on mute, Aaron. Aaron. Beautiful. Thanks, boys. Um, good to see you out in the Northern Footy League umpire in June next year. Car's making it all right. So we look forward to yeah. that. Um, be the city management, man. That's right. Roll the tape and we've got a special guest. Brody Meyer checked down the line. The Magpies and their massive army going to win a record equaling 16th flag. How sweet it is. Collingwood win the grand final. That's enough of that. All right. That's um, depressing. It's just depressing, it is depressing. isn't it? <laughs> it's All right. We're going to uh, continue to talk footy, but for the meantime, we've got the best man in real estate ready, ready to do the ready to do the deed in, for you in in Monty. Cuz he's uh, made a special appearance for us tonight, taking 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 off oh. ten minutes out of the pokies, and let's bring him on. The fabulous. Hayden Stanton. Welcome, mate. Hot tip, Hayden. Gentlemen, Hot how are we? Uh, sorry I'm a bit late. I, I actually had a busy meeting after work. I had to catch up with uh, Clary Oliver and, and uh, Brody Grundy, um, just putting together a package at the Redbacks at Hampton Park. Yep. Uh, apparently, the only things that are required in the deal, basically, is that I've got to overpay them both and uh, make sure that their recreational uh, activities are, are strong off-field. And that they'll both be happy to come down and 
kick the ball uh, around at the Miley Redbacks next year. So you'd be pleased about that, no doubt, uh, Azza. So, um, you know, save you a few pennies in the salary cap. And uh, you might even be able to go out and get the great man Harley Reid to the mighty demons. Who knows, eh? What a what an amazing couple of days it's been in the uh, the scuttlebutt and rumour file. Sure has, and we look forward to it. We'll touch base on that in a little bit, a little bit, few seconds, because uh, God, it's a nervous time for a few people out there right now. But a great time also for uh, a few clubs in the mix for new players, no doubt, and um, plenty of prospects. Obviously, going to head down to. North Melbourne, in in theory, unless they trade yes. them all. Somewhere well, I also else. wanted to find out from Cuz too how the sale was going at Mont. Apparently, it's a record sale at Mont. Yep, you just you've just missed the update. Um, we're still he's waited he's waited for about five major events in the world to happen, uh, and then he's decided now he's going to list. So in the quietest, probably the quietest week for real estate. Yes. Um, what's your advice, H? What should he do from here? Yeah, well, I did say to him, he, frustrated, he gave me a frustrating call a couple of weeks ago just about the, the whole proposition of the uh, of the agent he selected, the, the campaign agent program and the fact that they've done all these things and it still wasn't enough. And he he threw his hands up in the air and I really wanted to see how the ginger beard was actually progressing because last time I looked at it, I, I thought, have you shaved the, the chin there, Glenny? You've just got the mustaka going now, have you? You're rolling the mustaka or not? No, he's run it all. He's chased it all wow. up. He's an amazing human being. Now, nah, look, I think that the, the market's turning and, uh, again, the interest rates sitting on hold is is, is promising for you, Glenny. Um, but as I've said to you several times, you know, the quicker you can get out of Montmorency, out here to the beautiful southeast suburbs of Melbourne and um, and join the, the local Indian community out here, the streets of Punjab and Beaconsfield, you'll be absolutely ready to go, young fella. Can you – thank you, Hayden, once again. Just I've changed my name again because we have a. I've come up with a new thing, or what I call the vault. When I told certain people certain things, so you are now off that list now because I tell you something <laughs> incompetent, and it's now general knowledge. So hence my mantra now of lost faith in mates. Can you just what can you mates? come forward to the camera? I need to see your lip. Just come forward to the camera. No, I need the camera. Said, mate. You saw me in person because you saw it the other week. I have had a bit Are of a shame on? and a touch up. No, 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 come well, closer. Glenn, have you Thank touched you that at all? Yeah, put, up all your, put up all your photos, AC, Milan. Take <laughs> off your hat and show us your bald head. Come on, you Melbourne <laughs> dog. Thank you. Get them all That's out. Really <laughs> Get them all out. Righto. Let's move on. When, when we do sell the house, Hayden, and Hayden's frozen because there's no internet down in Cranbourne, when we do sell the house, yes. you three will know before anybody else does. Right but I'll just give you a little bit of informa information, H. Yes, quickly. You haven't had the pleasure of meeting Jody. No. Aaron has. So has Lovey. Yep. Be careful what you wish for, boys, because one day she'll watch the podcast and good luck when you try to take her on. <laughs> we've, had a very, we've had a very, very good week this week, though. A little shout out. I know she won't be watching. My stepdaughter gave birth on, I think it was Saturday morning to young Harvey, both well Ooh. and healthy, so Ooh. all good. Bomber's supporter or a demon or a kangaroo? No, we'll be, a de we'll, be well, unfortunately, Troy's fiancé, he is a Collingwood supporter. Oh, no. And Troy loves Melbourne, so unfortunately, young Harvey is torn already, I think, but, yeah, that was the best thing that hey, came out of the weekend. 
on, on a positive note, guys, I was thinking about this after the fantastic victory for the Magpies on the weekend, was that we've solved the immigration problem from nine months from now because there will be at least 150,000 pregnancies and we won't need to bring any more immigrants in and we'll have another working-class citizens coming through. Beautiful. Well, yeah, so our housing crisis in 20 years' time goes absolutely <laughs> But Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> How good. Some more of these being born, no doubt, H. Oh, have a look at them. Oh, my gosh. Look forward to it, mate. Uh, wow. Cuz is keeping up with the Joneses there, for sure. Right, Thank Cuz. You. Thank you. Give us your immediate reaction after the siren, Cuz. Were you a happy man? Were you happy for any Collingwood supporters? Or were you disappointed for the Brisbane Lions? Look, as I briefly said to love you before, I was happy because a lot of my friends are have been Collingwood supporters for a long time and haven't had a chance to actually go. A really good friend of mine, it was her birthday yesterday, the 3rd of October. So she went to, and she's not a fair weather, she's been to a lot of games. And she said, I I enjoyed the game immensely. And I said, when did you think? And she said, that was the worst thing about the game. I was, because it was tight all day, I didn't really enjoy it. She enjoyed it when she watched the replay with her young children who said, Mum, you know how you said footy's not everything? Footy's everything. Which, yep. do you know what I mean? Just that passion. Just So, look, I was happy for them. And as I said to Lovey before, I don't want to umpire bash because they're humans and they make mistakes. The best side in the comp for the year won the game. Brisbane were gallant in defeat, very gallant in defeat, and lost no admirers. My first reaction was, Pardon the French, shit, what a great game of footy. What a great game of footy. Yep. That's what I hope you'd say, mate, because um, whether love them or hate them, it was probably a game for the neutrals, to be perfectly honest. Uh, if you were on one of them, you found it hard to stay on them because at one stage I was almost barracking for goal for goal, um, and it was just an absolute nail-biter. And that's exactly what you want in a grand final unless you're the competing teams. So the heart stoppers were on for all Collingwood supporters. The three finals by 11 points total. Uh, it's an incredible result when you come to think of it. Um, and they got it done. They got it done. So that's how close it was for them, which is incredible to, to think about really. And it probably will never happen again, I would, I would imagine, because uh, we've had some blowout across finals. But... Uh, H, give us your give us your final siren thoughts, mate. Oh, look, after eleven or twelve lead changes, you know, with momentum swaying back and forward, you know, I was pleased. A bit like uh, what Glenn said, I saw we're all the same. You know, if you know Barracks for Collingwood, you think they're all ferals, but we all know so many Collingwood supporters in our friendship and family groups. So happy for them. Um, I honestly felt the game. Collingwood's stars really won the game for them, didn't they? Their stars all stood up in key moments. And probably in the game, that's probably where they had the advantage over the Lions across the course of four quarters. Like, Dugowie started quietly, finished well. Crisp was really um, solid throughout. Uh, Dacos, Nick had a good game. Josh, I thought, was quite poor at times. His foot skills weren't great. But, you know, Pendlebury's last quarter, exceptional. Steel side bottom, a couple of really key moments. Um, I think their best players were probably the difference in the game. And, yeah, happy to see them win. Unfortunately, we'll have to put up with 12 months of absolute shit and flags out. I still see cars driving around. You'll see them in five weeks with scarves hanging out. And what we really should do is stop, 
take the scarf out and strangle the driver with that scarf. That would probably be the best thing that we could do for Victoria. Now that we've had a change of uh, leadership, you that would be the best thing. You can't punch their teeth out. They're already gone. Well, the dentists aren't happy because, um, you know, they can't afford to get the uh, the veneers put in. So there's no real joy there. But, no, look, good luck to them. You know, as I said, Brisbane had their moments, but the key moments were won by Collingwood. They won the game and they deserved their opportunity. They probably kicked themselves out of a four-goal win, really. So thought they were the best team on the, team on the day. Yeah, Lovey, what's your thoughts on um, not getting it done via points? Uh, obviously, the Collingwood were kicking average. It was going to come back to bite them at some point, and by hell, it got pretty close to them costing them the grand final. I can't remember the last time the winning team kicked less goals in a grand final, for one. Um, so that's a bit of a bizarre stat in itself. Um, what I found bizarre, too, is Channel 7 with a promo. You, everyone almost wants to like Collingwood because of certain people in the club. That's just an absolute crock of shit. Um, yeah. I can't, only, Carlton's, only Carlton's worse than Collingwood. But the game itself, um, yeah, look, I, I, I was, as a Brisbane person on the day, I was breathing sighs of relief all the way through the second and third quarter, to be honest. Um, they... They did nearly kick themselves out of it. They actually had their... They actually kicked two, three, both teams in the last quarter. I actually felt like that was the best Collingwood use the football in front of goal for the whole game. Um, it's probably what got Collingwood over the line, really. Um, and, I mean, Collingwood, I agree with Hayden. Collingwood probably should have won it by five or six goals if, if we're fair income. Um, yeah. They were cleaner with the football. They weren't making errors. Uh, you know, it wasn't just skill errors, but it was choice. So using the footballing to the wrong option often Brisbane, particularly around half back. Um, I mean, Coleman was really good in that first quarter, but uh, some of his touches were, geez, they're a bit iffy. Um, you know, I, I don't think Lockie Neal had the best day of his life. Um, Jared Berry had a stinker. Um, they were, they were kind of what the positive part for Brisbane yeah, hit, was. Hit put as well. Some as... of the some of the some of their lesser lights actually played really well. So. Hipwood would want his time back again, but I, I, I go back to it. Collingwood, I do agree. Collingwood, best team all year, showed they just didn't kick straight. And I think that's probably the butter of the of, of the whole game, really. If Collingwood kicked straight, we wouldn't be talking about the game the way that people are, which is yeah. pissing me off just quietly. I'll, I'll talk and, about that later. About the points and the goals, Lovey, the less kicks, and unfortunately, like being a, a Nuffy Essendon supporter that I am, we once again managed to get a mention because in 1968, your favourite side, Carlton, they kicked seven goals. We kicked eight goals and they beat us by three points. That was the last time up until Saturday. I think I wrote it down. Um, they kicked seven goals, 14. We kicked eight goals, five. So once again, yeah. the Bombers have managed to get a mention for all the wrong reasons. But yeah, that was the last time. Now, as I've got a question of you, as because you're you're the learned uh, music uh, genius of the four of us, yeah. I just want to get your take on uh, was Paul Stanley lip syncing? <laughs> because uh, back in the day when Glennie and I were uh, were young fellas running around the Glenorm Footy Club, the Stanton family put on one of the great Kiss concerts in Derby Parade, North Caulfield, <laughs> and I was Paul Stanley, and I sung from the hip, mate, and poor old Paul. He, he swallowed a goldfish, mate, because he couldn't string three words together. So I, I reckon Gene took over. 
Thank yeah. God we only missed the blood capsules coming out of the side of the mouth. That would have been the the real the real yeah. sort of cherry on the top. But Paul was ordinary. Agreed or not? Yeah, really interested in Berkey's opinion on this. He's a kiss kiss nut. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of, speaking of nuts, I think uh, Paul Stanley must have stole Peter Chris his uh, jock strap. I think because he he was higher than Joe Cocker, and none of it none of it was enough. Of what we expected, and then Gene came on, and Gene's absolutely all base, isn't he? So he's uh, oh, he's Gene was in the, the pocket. Gene but, was in the pocket. But just yeah. just confirm for me, it, it was obviously as we said, Gene and Paul, but clearly it wasn't the man you mentioned, Peter. It was somebody else on the drums. Yep. Who? Yeah. Look, I judge it for me as someone who was around when they first came out. He, here in 1977, I thought they played the songs that they're good at, but when I saw a couple of comments via Facebook Messenger and that sort of stuff, I wasn't too sure who was singing what, and I just thought, just enjoy the moment. Just, <laughs> just enjoy the moment. What do you What do you think, Lovey, back in the day, mate? When I know you're a little bit younger than you're not in your 50s yet. H and I both are, just. H for me a bit more. I just thought, I, I found I was singing the songs and then when I was singing it in my dull voice and reaching the right notes and they weren't, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Houston, we have a problem. But what do you think? Thought they entertained. That's all they did. Yeah. That's what they meant yeah. to do. And I haven't heard a bad comment yet about their performance, the 15-minute gig. And um, it, the fact that they made themselves relevant by getting some kids up on stage to do what they did I reckon that's what ticked the book. That's what ticked the box. I think they got that absolutely spot on. And you know, if they're lip syncing and all the rest of it, we'll find me a fucking act at the moment that doesn't do it. Um, it's it's kind of shit the way music's gone like that for live music. Live music now that apparently lip syncing the whole Miller Vanilli thing seems to be an okay thing. Now, well, but, on top of that too, um, lovey, it comes back to our great grand final at two thirty, three ten, two whatever. It just the the pre-game and and halftime entertainment in the beaming sun on the MCG just doesn't visually look anything on TV. I don't I don't care what anyone says. You go to the NRL yeah. and they got they got Nupple Sheer Limits out there with bigger quads than me, if you can believe it. And she was unbelievable. She was entertaining for fifteen minutes singing Tina Turner Tina Turner songs. You know, there she is. Look at her. Have a look at her. Or you wouldn't you'd love her in the back pocket. Magnificent. Oh, oh um oh, 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 Disclaimer. Oh, <laughs> summary there, H. I'm um I'm I'm all for what Kiss did. I think that's fine. And you know what? It put to bed for me for a number of years the whole debate about Twilight Night and Day Grand Final. That grand final got the largest TV rating of all time. So I suspect the day grand final is as relevant as it ever has been. So no doubt about that, yeah. Um and you know what? I, I don't particularly care who entertains before the game. I'm just looking forward to the game. If yeah. I think it appeals to certain people, great, whatever. Just bring the game on. Yeah, that's a good point. Good. Like, there's been a couple of comments. Like Andrew Dillon made a comment. Like obviously, as we know, Dylan McLaughlin's had more farewells than Dame Nelly Melba, but he's now passed the baton. The new bloke, Andrew Dillon, said, "Look, we'll look at our options, whatever." But to me, the people voted with their feet. If you're going to give ask me to give a mark out of ten for the day, from 
sort of that entertainment to the end of the day, I'm eight, nine, 90%. So, yeah, easy. Andrew, Dillon, Andrew Dillon's more wooden than Clive Lloyd's cricket bat. Let's face it. it was, <laughs> he, he is the most bland, shit-boring guy I... I don't know how he's going to inspire people to follow the AFL. If he's going to be the man up front, I hope he's got other people who are going to be really good at the PR stuff for the AFL. Gil McLaughlin was a dick. He made a lot of stupid things and did a lot of stupid things, but sometimes he did get it right too. So um, if this bloke is just going to be boring, uh, I hope there's people around him that make the AFL still feel like it's a pretty exciting product. The question is, will, will Gil ever leave? He's he's on a swan song at the moment, and no. let's, he, he, let's you know that. what he's still making decisions for another twelve months behind the scenes, just like good old Dan is for young Jacinta. Nothing's changing; it'll all be the same for another twelve months in there. This will have yeah. Gil written all over it still. Yeah, I think the big concern is if Crowded House were the best they had on the lineup. Kiss obviously blew them away, but the AFL were in a in a in a real predicament of having a massive issue on their hands if they couldn't have got Kiss at the time. So I reckon it's one the AFL got out of jail on, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Kiss were already Dave on the Cosma. What's that? Dave Cosma, absolutely. You get Dave Cosma up. I can give you a couple of local acts, for sure. Can I ask yeah. you a question again before you put up the local acts? I'm not a booking agent and whatever, but last time I looked, the grand final, we're pretty sure what the day is, give or take... There might be an Olympics. There might be that dreaded C word, COVID, whatever. But why can't we book a act to do it the second year in a row? I know we like to keep things fresh or whatever, but Robbie Williams, most people said he did a good job last year. Robbie, it's the same. Like, how many years did Tina Turner do the... They used a song or whatever. Like, if... Sometimes if it's not broken, don't fix it. We talk. Um, yeah, look, I think there's enough talent in the world. Enough talent in the world, though, Carl. We don't want we don't want backup singers, mate. We don't want them coming back again. Um, yeah. well, I think there's plenty of bands out there. The question, what I ask is, did we waste our time with the halftime entertainment? That's yes. my thought. It was an absolute waste of dough. If horrible, I love Mark Seymour, but if he is not done. Holy Grail! Like you've got to be kidding me. That's that's the simply the best version. Well, they just well, they might as well just bring yeah. back horses from Daryl Braithwaite too. Like, nah, right. let's just do that. that over the road for the celebration. Collingwood had him. So, oh, I stuck on my Facebook page. It's time for Daryl and Mark Seymour to go to Lifestyle and Officer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Seriously, it's as bad as bad as it got. And then Kate Miller Heike, who sings in her own genre beautifully, she did the Logies yeah. last year when Olivia Newton John died. Yep. And she was unbelievable. But her trying to be pop related to tie in with Mark Seymour, who looked like he Fannigham had 14 Cheech and Chongs. Like seriously, it was horrible. I would have it rather needs, watched Oz Kickers. I agree with you, H. And it needs to be, you know what, like it or not, it needs if they're gonna do this, um, it needs to be football genre based kind of music. Like yeah. your footy crowd's a unique crowd. It's a broad, broad, it's a broad church, but people like music that's going to get them up and going at football. Go on, it's not that's something right. that's just kumbaya, you know. I think that, yep. and that's why Kiss was so good, and that's why the halftime stuff was so shit. 
Um, that's why uh, the Killers were so good back in 2017. They were. That's why, and that's why Robbie Williams was good last year because you know why they got the audience. They know what they needed to do, and they just killed it. Any other act in between all those ones have been cooked. Absolute cook. Yeah, and I agree. Think about I, it. For I, my, my ultimate, my ultimate pregame entertainment. I'd have kiss at halftime. My ultimate pregame entertainment. Let's get the VFL Grand Final back out beforehand. Let's get the under nineteens out there beforehand. Let's get the TAC Cup playing either the TAC Cup or the VFL Grand Final playing, starting at eleven thirty in the morning, and it finishes up at two o'clock. Yeah. Like it used to be. Yeah. The, the AFL talk about traditions in respecting traditional, whether it's to do with our indigenous colleagues and friends and whatever, or how they've done the history. As you said, Lovey, how many of you guys? Like the old, remember the, and I don't want to sound like a 75 year old man. I'm not that old, even though a lot of you think that. Let's talk about it the was. positions, the under 19s, as you said, the twos, the halftime sprint. On what channel was the footy marathon on? The footy marathon came on at 12 30 with Daisy Thomas. Yeah. And Daisy Thomas, and Daisy Thomas said, I'm going to show some of my greatest highlights and games. They showed one game, Brisbane and Collingwood. Yeah, there's no doubt the halftime sprint could easily have happened. Correct. The, long, the longest kick would have got the crowd going. Thank Jeff you. Abbott would have won the halftime sprint again, even though he's 65. Now he would have won that again. Well, yeah, but let's go and do the longest kick out on the Yarra an hour and a half before the game. Honestly, it's an absolute circus, honestly. And halftime, tell me why we couldn't have had Kiss at halftime. They only played <laughs> for 15 minutes. Um, and you don't need a you don't need a stage that covers the entire square for starters. Yep. There's only four yep. blokes out there. And I've got a better kids, one. You know, it just amazes me. I've got a better one, AC. How about we get Uncle Cole out there at halftime to do Welcome to Country again? That'll be amazing. That'll get everyone really excited. We'll be able to talk about the possum ball that they used to kick around. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just quickly, as just quickly put that one, put it up. Just quick, mate. Just put it up real quick. Um, I mean, come on! What's yeah. going on with the world? The world's fried. Let's let's touch on the worst editing faux pas from a director on live TV that you could possibly have. Let's anyone that's ever seen Kiss, watched a Kiss concert, knows. He smashes a guitar. Oh, yes. What stage are we panning back to see some idiots in the crowd? And then at the end of it, he's already smashed it and he comes off and then there's this kid holding the neck of the guitar. It's like, mate, every Kiss fan would be absolutely devastated. What if that's thing about that? That kid has become famous forever, but we don't want to see that kid. No disrespect to that child whatever, but the poor kids, they're like, yeah, wouldn't have had a clue. We wanted, we wanted, we wanted that inebriated Paul Stanley to walk up to the stage, and we wanted to see him literally hit the shit out of that guitar. That's how, how I'm with you. I'm with you. As how, how do you how do you live with yourself as the as the as the concert organizer without doing background checks on, on oh, historical events that are at KISS concerts. <laughs> the one thing that everyone loves to talk about at a KISS concert 
is A, Gene's Tongue, and two, Paul Stanley signs off every fucking concert they've done for 50 fucking years with a smash guitar. Why would I be this Muppet in the Channel 7 studios to decide, you know what, camera eight, let's spin on the fat gut bloke who's eating a pie or whatever, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll scan back to Paul Stanley who's already signed the paper and it's gone. We didn't actually see him signing it. No. It's gone. It's done. It's the most, it was the dumbest thing I've seen apart from the umpiring. But there were other little ones too, fun. like when, when, they're, when they're belting out, oh, well, it's made, and, and, and Paul Stanley's calling out, Brisbane fans. And then the, the cameraman, he goes, Brisbane fans. And he's put the foot on the Collingwood fans. Look, he clearly said, Brisbane fans. That's the what art of, the art of directing, Gus. And I think they missed a massive opportunity. It's all about how you come on stage as well. And they yeah. brought him out in golf carts, not even part of the camera work. And they brought him out in the worst golf carts from from upper conductor West Golf Course that they just dragged in. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Uh, and then next minute, kiss her on stage. Talk about miss the if, moment. If, if if ever you want to stereotype some poor bastards who are at the age of seventy, <laughs> that was it. Chuck them in golf carts and wheel them out like they're, oh, like they're in yeah. fucking wheelchairs. Yeah. So what the hell, boys. We've got a special guest coming on from the Upper Cumbacta West Golf Club, and he's a bit offended by your comment, mate, because he reckons that they go right up there. But yes, I bring the bat and golf. Bring out, bring back the Batmobile, mate. That would have been perfect. Yep, there was their chance to redeem <laughs> to redeem the Batmobile. They could have done it. I can tell you, if Kiss had got in that Batmobile, it would have been worth an absolute fortune around the world. Yeah. But they missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Anyway, uh, it's a missed opportunity for Brisbane too. That was their window right then and there. The question is, boys, we're going to get a quick, a very quick tip on who makes the grand final next year. I know who we'd love to see, and that's not always the way it's going to be. And I mate, are we talking AFL still? Because Hayden, absolutely, Hayden's got Clayton Oliver and Grundy going down a down a redback, so he might be the. Yeah, no, all things considered, we'll talk about draft movement in two seconds, but all things considered, who is going to be in the grand final next year? Love it. I'll go. I'll go. So you're not going to see, uh, you're not going to see a generational uh, team like uh, Richmond were, Geelong were, Hawthorne were in the last 15 years. I don't think we're going to see that for a while. I think we're going to see some pretty licorice all sort grand premiership winners over the next few years because no one's actually set up to dominate the comp over a number of years now. Yep. Um, I disagree with Cuz. I think Brisbane uh, have still got at least two years of this list to have a crack at it. Um, I'll back Hang them on, to get to the grand final. I'll back them to get to the... You did write them off. I'll back them to uh, get to the grand final again. Uh, and my other premier, my other grand finalist, and this is where it gets tricky, uh, oh god, I'm gonna hate saying this. If they get it right, it's Carlton for me. Um, I, I think Brisbane Carlton next year is probably a legitimate combo for a grand final. Um, Collingwood's luck's got to run out eventually. I know you make your own luck, but for three years, are they going to hold up for three years with winning all these close games? I know the structure and the game plan. Works well for it, but I just 
it's got to fall over at some stage. Um, and and I don't see another team jumping out of the jumping out of the wilderness and and winning it. So yep. I'll Carlton Brisbane for mine next year. Right, Cas, who you got? Yeah, look again. I did write them off. I didn't say they couldn't win the grand final year, but I, I don't hate Carlton like Lovey does. But I think. I think it could be a bit traditional. I think it could be Carlton Collingwood again. I know Collingwood have had, yes, they've been kissed on the eight day, as we all know, with a little bit of luck in their close games and that. But that said, they've been very consistent and they, if everybody says, or everybody has said they keep doing it, but they have actually kept done it. They've done it again now on the most important day. Brisbane will be around the mark, but I, I think it could be very traditional Carlton Collingwood. And that would be a great game to see as a spectacle if it's like that. We all know who I'd like to be in there, but that's what the head says. Yep. Righto, H. Who have you got? Uh, I'm, I'm Brisbane, Melbourne. Yeah. I think Melbourne kicked themselves out of winning a grand final. Yep. So, so I still, I, even if they lost Clary, and I'm sure you've talked about that, that they'll get compensated unbelievably well. They they were disjointed with their forward structure for the most part of the second half of the year. They got the best ruckman in the game, arguably the best midfield and the two best key pillars down back. So I'd go Brisbane Melbourne. I, I, we haven't touched on draft and trade yet, H, but um, I just want to know who's going to be playing for the six years left on his contract for Harry anyway, apart from Melbourne. Who's going to willing to do that? Well, Collingwood, Collingwood are still paying for Grundy, so Collingwood is paying for everyone's contracts. They just send them anywhere. No, we we have got a good habit of paying for people's contracts over the years, so <laughs> we'll continue to pay for Clary's as well. Um, but let's touch on that in a second. All right, so I'm obviously hoping it's a Melbourne business, but I'll take Melbourne and anyone, to be perfectly honest. But honestly, I've got a gut feeling it's going to be a Carlton Collingwood, uh, and that's Complete gut feeling. Let's 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 review it in twelve months' time and see who gets nearest the pin. Anyway, um, so look, the nervous times. It is nervous times if you're a Melbourne man right now, um, because where there's smoke, there's fire, and these quotes are coming too quickly for me. Um, obviously, Cal Toomey, they're all on board now. They reckon he's gone, gone to Adelaide. Uh, there's massive rumour that Goodwin's going with him. So who knows? It's, hopefully. Speculation, trade hype, call it whatever you want. The disappointing part from me, Melbourne haven't come out and said anything yet. Not that they need to respond, but I wouldn't mind them. How about you stand up and back your fucking man uh, if you've backed him in for another four years like you're supposed to have? Uh, let's face it, he's 27. I believe there's rumblings in the club, if you believe the rumours. Some players aren't happy with exit meetings and discussions. Cars, you touched on... Uh, the cone of silence before and what gets said and shouldn't get said. <laughs> I think too many things have been said past the exit meeting and some of the things probably should have been left in the cone of silence. Um, there's a bit of stir stir the pot there scenarios, I think, for sure. But there's definitely a, a couple of players that are going to exit. The players that I'd be, you know, should be most disappointed that look like they're going to exit um, will be James Harms, in my opinion. Uh, he's been given no vote of confidence and to go out and check the market. Now, Melbourne's got a habit of doing this recently. Uh, they did it to Tomlinson, then they, no one wanted him, so they got him in. 
and now they ended up playing him in right up to the final. So, look, this happens in multiple clubs. Melbourne right now were always a club that we're, they were going to come for. They had a good couple of years. They got a good list. James Jordan, sadly, has got to go. He's off to Sydney. Grundy goes. There are going to be some back-ended contracts here with Melbourne. That's how they've probably built this list. So if you're going to take them, Melbourne's just got to get it right this time. You've got to be prepared to pay, and you don't just pay in draft choices. It can't fuck the club up financially now like has done previously. And that's a big concern I've got at the club. We've worked so hard to get it right and in a profitable position after a grand final or a premiership. And now uh, is it all going to come undone quickly? I'm not saying that personally that Oliver shouldn't be up for trade. That's the question I've got. Injury prone, if you believe what they say, 27. I'm not saying he's at the end of his career, but he's probably got a couple of good ones left. Uh, Melbourne's got a habit of hanging on to those kind of blokes too long, possibly. Uh, so why wouldn't they throw him up as bait and just see? So that, who knows where this rumour really kicked off for? But as a Melbourne supporter, I wouldn't be satisfied with anything less than however they get it done, and it may mean a couple more players. But I'd want three top ten draft choices for the next for Oliver and a couple of other players. Now whether that's this draft or the next draft. Obviously, there's massive talk on Harley Reid. We know that. But it's going to take about a three or four club mix in a draft to get this to get Clary out of there and a good draft choice back to Melbourne. So the concern is smoke with this fire for sure. But the question is, is this real and will it happen? That's The, the biggest thing I'll take out of that, mate, has Melbourne come out and said, We've guaranteed him he's going to be there next year. Because as soon as I say that, he's gone. <laughs> it's like with the coaches thing. You, you made the comment, and I love your passion. I love your passion. And great to see Pardo, who's a lovely, very intelligent coaching person and whatever football person. The thing that gets my back up about it, and I'm not on the inner sanctum of any club, but did you get it right? Did, as we spoke before, did you have a bit of luck? Like you won a grand final, you were a very consistent side, but they won a grand final in that dreaded year that we talk about with COVID and whatever. Now that all of a sudden, blokes who you offloaded, as you said, Melbourne's got history, as is Essendon, we do it all the time. Like James Jordan, very stiff. Harm's very stiff. I know Melsham's got a, a long-term injury. Like, it's fascinating this time of year. What are we? We're not even... What have we a week since the grand final was? Not even that. It's amazing how we, t- or not we, the media, the turn on blokes. And we, H will speak a bit more in a minute about it. We don't even know these people, but people make their decisions for them. And I think it's a bit unfair at times. Well, as we know, Clary's been absolutely noosed ever since the rumours yeah. came out of what he was yeah. doing while he was supposed to be rehabbed and before. I honestly don't think that, well, Goodwin have heard him say it once, that there's nothing to see here. Clary's doing his job. People argue otherwise sometimes. So, H, um, you know, without saying too much about really what it's like at club land, and I know you've got a little bit behind the scenes, but how important really is it for a club to come out now, um, you know yourself, coaching, to, to come out and support your players, or do you have to say nothing sometimes? I think in this situation, 
I think we've Glenny touched on. There's two situations that you look at. One is, you know, a Melbourne at that point now where behind the scenes they're just disconnected. There's a relationship breakdown and and it's gone to the point now where it's gone too far. So do they do they back their player only for it to come out down the track that, that they have egg on their face or do they go out now aggressively and say, we arguably have the best player in the game in the last five years who for whatever reason things aren't working out here right now and we need to maximise our potential right now with a draft. I mean, in four years' time, Tasmania is going to be handed the keys to the city, aren't they? So right now, getting players into your club talent-wise is the most important thing. So what do Melbourne need to do? They've got to reconstruct the forward group. I think we'd all agree with that, yeah? Yeah. They are non-potent forward of the ball. They get more entries than any other team in the game, and they're defensively set up on the ball as good as anyone. What does that look like? I couldn't tell you what that looks like. I'm not that close to it to understand who's gettable. And But when you're talking about Clayton Oliver or a Christian Pachaka as a name or someone of that ilk, you know, shit gets done. So mm. I think Melbourne at the moment, they'll sit on their they'll sit on their jets a little bit and they'll bubble and see what 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 sort of springs, you know, out of out of the conversations that'll be happening no doubt over the next few days, because we're not far off obviously getting to draft time. And yep. um and, you know, what that looks like, who knows? It could be involved in multiple clubs. There could be multiple clubs involved in trading picks and everyone getting their lick of the icy pole. But, you know, the off-field the off field stuff, I mean, unfortunately, we're insatiable now for media content. There's over a 1,000 people that write and, and ferret on stories. Oliver's obviously got issues. There's no doubt about that. I mean, everyone, you, you know, whether you want to say it's major or minor, there's obviously something there that isn't allowing him to be in that environment, the right sort of teammate that his teammates maybe want to play with and that and that the club are happy to actually promote and and, and keep in their system. So sometimes you've got to be prepared to cut them loose and get the very best deal you can for the footy club because at the end of the day, the footy club's the biggest thing here. No one else. Yep. Yep, totally agree. Cuz, uh, love you, sorry. Give us your final thoughts, mate, on this one. Oh, just... I find the whole thing fascinating. It's just an absolute crock of shit. Yep. So are people trying to tell me that he's willing to depart from a lifetime friend such as Petrarca? Is it is it that broken that people like Petrarca can't actually just bring him to the side and go, look, mate, we're going to work across the preseason. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll damage any, any, any relationships internally that are damaged. Let's work on it on the preseason. He moved into Max Gorn's house during the year. I mean... I find it it ludicrous that the media are allowed to get away with 95% of the shit that they spit out there. Mm. Um, The other other thing is, why would Melbourne let go of a blue-chip midfielder at the prime of his career with another six years to go on the contract? You're at the 12 o'clock on the the premiership clock, on Mick Moldhouse's clock. Knowing that Tasmania's coming in in four years' time, you're going to offload arguably one of the best five midfielders in the competition and for what to get some brand to get some untested untried kid who yes he's probably going to go number one but how many number ones have been successful over the years not that many there's zero if melbourne let him up if melbourne let go of a premiership all australian footballer who has uh all australian credentials as well just to try and get this harley reed kid Mate, you, you, you're backing your Joseph Gutnick days. It's an absolute, it's an absolute disgrace. It would be a disgrace if that was actually remotely being considered right now. 
Um, yeah. And if you're since you're in the premiership window, if you want to win a flag, I agree with Hayden's point and Cousins. Why you ha- why would you want to try and get picks so you can get Harley Reid? Why? Why wouldn't you be throwing the bank? You might as well be better off going to Harry Mackay or yep. someone like that. You go to Harry Mackay, you say, mate, here's, here's five years. Here's five years at six or 700. You're not yep. going to get that at Carlton. Um, we need you to be a presence in our forward line. Then, I, I guess then, there, there'll be other compensation that goes with that that you can go to still get to the draft and get a first rounder probably anyway. But... Yep. I just find it absolutely disgraceful the way that this is being reported. Um, when the reality is, I, I find it hard for another club to pick up six years of salary along with Melbourne on this. So um, for me, that it's pie in the sky stuff. I've just read online that Aaron Norton signed an eight-year contract extension with the Dogs. So that's, uh, that's, a that's that ball. one done as well. Yep. So I, think, I, think, I don't think Carlton are going to let Harry walk. At all, I think Harry's going to be a Carlton Blue for life as well. Uh, they'd be stupid not to sign him up for yeah. the rest of his career. So I, I just find this is another example of where I find this time of year completely and utterly frustrating because seventy percent of the shit the media come out with never ends up happening. So yeah. I think we just need if Melbourne, if I'm Melbourne, just call it. You got, you've got the, you've got the strong hand. No one's going to come for any sort of compensation. It's going to get one of the best midfielders comp out of it. It just won't happen. And just one more thing on it too, boys. We're talking about we're talking about established players here. Let's talk about it from the from the look of the young men who are about to be drafted into the, who, who everybody says we'll talk about Harley, but let's talk about let's say John Smith, who everyone said John Smith's going to be a he's a hundred and eighty hundred ninety two centimetre ruck. He's really good. He's done this, 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 this. And everybody tells him, everybody tells him, mate, I've had 15 clubs of that ain't talking to you, John, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Then when John Smith doesn't get drafted, how's John Smith's mental sort of well-being and health and well-being and that sort of stuff? And the likes of, well, I won't name names, but the media people who have been camped outside his door, camped outside his uni, camped outside his high school, wherever it might be, yeah, yep, he's signed. I've got them good authority. John Smith's uncle's told me that John Smith's going to do this. And then John Smith doesn't get drafted. And, and we all know people who that's happened to. John Smith then thinks, well, do I want to actually play this game anymore? That, yeah, that's well, the other stuff too. Blaine, I'll get you one better. Yes. This, this, this looks like another Jack Watts if it occurs. If it actually oh, occurred, sure. this becomes another Jack Watts. Hey, hey, Harley, guess what? You're a new Clayton Oliver. Get on with it. Have fun with that. Enjoy. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care who, how good your psychological staff are at Melbourne Football Club or anywhere. That's that's just a bullshit tag, and that would be put on him. That's that's the that would be the reality. You're the you're the Clayton Oliver replacement at the age of eighteen. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think uh, if we're looking for players at all, like we said, up forward, and I'd be getting mature ages like we did with um, Hibbard. Um, Melksham's another one. Uh, we've had we had some others that came through that didn't work out, but they were sitting in the reserves, um, so they were ready to go. Um, anyway, let's move on, boys. Uh, what will be will be, but I think it's one part of me thinks Melbourne just say nothing, just let it go, let it dissipate. Yep. But there's another way that it just builds and builds and builds, 
these conversations start. If yeah. Melbourne have come out already and say that Petty is a required player and they had him traded a week ago, just get out there and say, Oliver's not going anywhere. Just just diffuse the whole entire story. And that's a bit oh, ironic by the end of the week. But yeah, I don't I, I, I don't I don't quite subscribe to that, mate. If you if you react to every single one of these things, then you look like a dysfunctional club. I think to me you just you just let it slide. The fact is, if the people in your club are good enough and they're smart enough and they're warm enough towards their player, they'll yep. put an arm around him and everything's fine. Internally, not an issue. We've got it covered, got it sorted. Let the outside do what the outside wants to do. We've got all things covered. I tell you who does that really, really well, it's the Collingwood Football Club. Yep. And that's why they are where they are. And, and, and they've become, in many ways, as much as we don't, a lot of non-Collingwood supporters don't like to admit it, they have become, Hawthorne used to say, we're the family club, but Collingwood have liked that now. People want to go to Collingwood. They've always been a big supporter-based club, but now... I, what I do when I watch a grand final, I love to watch the end of the grand final when the 23 players, or at the moment it's 23, who were named and played, how they are to the young boys and girls who give them the medal and they put the cap on. And you watch a lot of blokes in that team who have had their issues off field. I don't have to name names, but some of them were amazing. Took the time on a special day for them to go down to the child's level Acknowledge them, shake hands. I think of the 23, I think it was 20 did a very good job of it. A certain young man's mum, who is very famous. A, a, certain, a certain young man's mum who's become famous this year, she might have a chat to her son, though. He might have forgotten to acknowledge the child. Oh, no, 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 He'd do everything he could to uh, build this game like we all have, mate. I mean, Bretcher's done more Auskick clinics than we'll ever do. So, um, little slip up there for sure. Let's let's not let's not make a big deal of that one. Fucking hanging. Um, fucking hanging for it. Wouldn't be the last time you've left us hanging, cuz. So he's probably got you've probably got a couple on us. Um, anyway, we're going to switch codes, boys. That was that was Collingwood. Um, please make it go away. Is the pain uh, that we're dealing with, Bradley. This is this is hit for a lot of people, um, and sadly, it is reality. So, Collingwood, well done. Let's take uh, hats off to uh, the Pies for two seconds, mate. They did it. They got it done. Yes, they won by eleven points over three finals. The bottom line is they won by four, and it really counted. Let's switch codes for a second to the NRL. Um, wish everyone a good off season. Uh, come back bigger, stronger, and we look forward to North Melbourne climbing the charts uh, next year. So. Let's see. See if they get there, man. Uh, we, that's why we all those change codes, eh? Oh, who is that? My static. Who's is that? I don't know. Keep going. I'll cut you off one at a time. I'll be HS, Thank you. But that's all right. Keep going. I'll turn H um, back on when you're all. Are we allowed to go around the the square and just check which of our football sides, because we've all got affinities? Where will they finish next year? Or is it too early for that? that will be Before shit. we do a code switch. Yeah, why not? Right well, we've got oh, we've got two bombers. So let's kick off with you two boys. Uh, Lovey, oh. where are you going to finish? We'll be shit because all of a sudden we're taking North Melbourne's rubbish on and treating it like gold. <laughs> so 
Uh, yep. that, there in a, that's it. That's us in a nutshell. Next. Yep. Uh, I Where think... is she? Opposition on the ladder. Position? Yep. Both. Righto. Cuz? Uh, eighth. Righto. Who knows? Now, where, where's the, where's the, the um, where are they coming from, mate? How's it going to happen? Oh, Essendon, I'm not asking us to win a final. We need to make the finals. That's got to be our first thing. We need to finish in the top eight. I'm not saying we're going to play off or whatever. That's where, with the list that we are going to supposedly top up whatever, I think we need to finish eighth, and I think we will finish eighth. Righto. All right, yep. let's go with, with H and North Melbourne before, uh, before his phone packs it in. Uh, Kanga's... Uh... Obviously, stockpiling. Uh, thank you, AFL. We love you. Dot com. Uh, I would suggest that uh, their best case scenario would be seventeenth to sixteenth. There's a realist. It's just below you. Yeah. No, that's where they're at. They've. I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. They've got four genuinely good players, and the rest of them are battlers. Yep. Totally agree. All right, the Demons. Um, yeah, I'd love them to finish, and where they will finish is another story, but obviously uh, it's got to be top two. Uh, it's got to be top two. Uh, nothing else for me um, will I'll be happy with. Um, obviously, got to be top four, but it's it's so important. Home final on the G. Uh, first and second versus third and fourth. Um, you got to be in the top two, as far as I'm concerned. You, you might be better off playing a final away from the G, mate. After last, yeah, you possibly, you're possibly right, mate. And um, we'll go up and beat Brisbane up there first, first round. So let's see. Um, all right, we're going to uh, we're going to jump in and switch codes for a second. Um, that was it for the AFL uh, for season 23. Uh, who would have thought it went went by so quickly? And in the end, none of us got what we wanted. Um, which is calling a win, but good on them. Well done. All right, let's move codes and uh, let's set this up. The NRL um, Panthers had won the last two premierships. Um, they were punting for a third. Brisbane uh, on a roll as well, and their first final for quite some time. Now they hit the grand final, their chance to knock off the big boys. Uh, it looked like Penrith for how, how far, didn't it, boys? Um, getting close to halftime there. And then, uh, you know, a few things didn't go um, their way. A late try to, to Broncos put them back very close at halftime and within within sniffing distance. So it was all going to be a matter of what happened after that uh, in the second half. Um, it was a slow couple of minutes into the second half and then, you know, but we're talking uh, roughly 70-odd minutes, well, 60-odd minutes in, um, you saw the Broncos go bang, bang, bang with a triple um, and unbelievable to to steal steal the game away, really, from Penrith Panthers' certainty. Um, and then it, then we here, here we're sitting at 20, 24-20 um, with the Broncos up with what we got left there, uh, four minutes. This was the, this was the, uh, the amazing part where it all went down. And this... This man single-handedly said, that's enough of this. I'll take it from here. 
right now. Two players left on the set. It goes to Cleary. He's just elevated himself from a champion. They were gone. They were absolutely gone with 20 minutes to go. Nathan Cleary, with his sidekick off the field, Jerome Lloyd, just said, Come with me. He has wheeled Penrith back into this. He found space back on the inside. Harvey Norman replay. He just kept searching. For a tight defender and Nathan Cleary. Wow. Yeah, wow. Uh, wow is right for sure. Uh, what a game, boys. Uh, I don't know if you all caught it. Uh, I got a chance yeah, to see yeah. it, but that is one of the NRL games of the year, of the year of the century, as far as that will go down as one of the all time great wins. Not, not just because. Penrith were trying to get the three-peat done. But what Brisbane were able to do against a Penrith uh, backline that is incredibly strong and been so tough all year to get through, Brisbane just split them open three times in a row. Uh, and for Brisbane, then for Penrith then to, to turn it around um, and do a complete reverse on them and open them up right in the last couple of minutes. Um, Lovey, that's got to come down to one of the best you've seen, surely. Oh, 100%, mate. It was, um, so I recall, I recall the jubilation of the comeback that the Storm did back in 99. Um, that was a, an elite grand final for all the, as a St. George fan, for all the wrong reasons, but it was such a good win because of the the way the Storm come back on that. Um, 2015, obviously, with Johnny Thurston's after in, in extra time against the Broncos. Um, I think Benny Hunt still lives that, lives, can't live that down for the rest of his life either. Um yeah. But that game, yeah, look, 15 minutes Fifteen minutes before that, you would never have said that was actually one of the best ever grand finals because it looked like Brisbane by how far. Yeah. Um, and I know, you, I know you'll praise, um, I know you'll praise their skipper, but when Brisbane got those tries, it wasn't Cleary that was, Cleary was still on the ground, but Elliot Yo was actually, uh, Elliot Yo <laughs> from the Eagles. Um, yeah. Yo from Penrith, he he was actually off the ground, their co-captain, hmm. uh, with a concussion protocol. So they lost their shape through the middle of the ground with him off, off it. And I think hmm. that Brisbane opened them up from there. But as soon as he got back on, uh, they sort of got their shape back again and then Nathan just did his thing. And the funny part about that try, if you look at it, there's no hole there. But because of the way he was playing and just because of him... Yep. Brisbane just fell off him. Brisbane just just completely fell apart the moment he was running through there because you just don't know what you want. You don't know what he's going to do with the ball. And the fact he just decided, no, fuck it, I'm gone. Yep. Um, that's just who he is. And you know, I I I I said last week I wanted to see a three peak for that reason. Yep. Um, if we see a three peak. In the in NRL speak, that's that's immortality. Like you've got to go back to Parramatta back in the early eighties for before you saw a three peat, and then St George in the sixties. So, yeah. I think what you've seen last week from an NRL perspective is something you might not see again for a long, long time. Yeah, 
I mean, that, that brings up the words immortality for sure. Uh, and that's one of those moments that, that's synonymous with rugby league immortality. They're big on it. Um, there's no stopping these blokes at the moment. A couple will move on for sure, but they'll always find one and they'll bring another one they, in. They seem to the come out of the ground again. Absolutely. Mate, they are 100% real chance of doing this again uh, to a team next year and go four. Um, We're four buck favourites. Yeah, not a bad way to start the season. Not that uh, yeah. Cuz is a betting man, but um, so you won't write that one down. But Cuz, uh, what's your thoughts? Um, did you see much of the game and the difference between you know AFL Grand Final and NRL Grand Final? Um, I know you you kind of tuned in and copped some of it, but uh, what's your thoughts, mate? Oh, I tuned into the whole game. I copped a bit of feedback from you, lovely gentlemen. Thank you for that. Criticism's good. Any <laughs> criticism. How you take it? I take it pretty good for me, blokes. I just the game, mate. I wrote down the other day. You spoke about immortals. There's thirteen. There's four blokes that I know as a rugby league fan. I'm not as diligent fans of as you blokes, or as expert as you blokes. Churchill, Messenger, Meninga, and Andrew Johns. Greats of the game. Nathan Cleary's 25. They speak about him as an immortal for what he has done yeah. in a relatively short space of time. For me, as a trying to understand the game more, and I love watching it now, and a Melbourne Storm fan, um, like yourself as, I just thought what he did was amazing. And you heard the, the commentator made the comment, there's no, there's no holes in the Brisbane defence at the moment. He just kept looking to be found one, like I wrote down earlier today, persistence and resilience. So I thought it was amazing, an amazing three minutes of football, but it wasn't over that. It was more like 10 seconds. And I, as a fan watching it, I thought, shit, mate, caps off. Just, yeah. I thought it was great. Well, I mean, similar to the AFL Grand Final, you got to play at the minutes and you got to play yeah. right to the death knock and the game's never over. In rugby league, the siren can go and you've still got the last play, which can go for another minute, maybe, if you're lucky, uh, by the time you just play keepings off. Um, H, have we gone too early on this kid, Immortal? Um, it's a massive call at 25, even though what he's done. Oh, look, he, he was unbelievably influential in the second, the last 20 minutes. I mean, the last 20 minutes, him and Crichton just took the game on and, and they just were rampaging. I, I said to my wife, we were watching the game together. By the way, what a great spectacle the NRL Grand Final is. I mean, it is always... A great visual game to watch on TV. You don't even have to know much about the game to appreciate how hard these guys hit each other. Mm. And obviously, it's not as skillful as the AFL game. We understand that in terms of the you know kicking, marking, the handling of the ball. But yeah. the bravery in which these guys play with to run at people that are 115 kilos trying to knock your head off, and you've got to stand up in tackles. And but Crichton, Crichton's last seven or eight minutes, maybe 12 minutes, were great. Cleary navigating them around the park. In fact, when they when they got eighteen points down and they scored the next try, I remember saying to my wife at the time, if they if they score the next try in the next three minutes, they'll run over them here because they just off the back of what looked like it was all over for them, actually generated their ability to be able to take the game on and have some dare and flair and that risk versus reward. They were passing the ball around quicker. They were running into spots, and I agree with um with Lovey. Like when Isaiah Yo went off, who. Who's that, who's that central figurehead that plays through the middle of the ground who just takes metres, keeps setting you up so you complete your sets and gives you the ability to be able to play. 
they're outside players. I mean, Jerome Luai went out with a shoulder. The other, the other Maori looking dude, number five on the other wing, hardly touched it all day. But it was the middle of the ground where they dominated in the last twelve minutes. And and the poor old Broncos, they they went from chocolates to ball dollies. Ezra Man, you wouldn't mind him running around next to because uh, I pick it in the Ford pocket in Melbourne, would you? Seriously, he just he just danced around him like for fun. But the spectacle itself, unreal. Cleary. You know, just a, just an exceptional talent. Knows what to do at the right time. He's tough. He took the game on. He said, "You know what? The forty twenty kick, for example, that he took after the back of that that first try that got him back to within two tries. Like if he dumbs that kick, they give the ball back to Brisbane and they can score off the back of that or set up a, a set of six. That's maybe the, the grand that. final. He takes yeah. the forty twenty. He gives them field position. They score off the back of it, and the momentum was like an avalanche, and they couldn't go with them Brisbane after that." And that's a good point, H. That kick, you say about the skill aspect, it's a lot more bullocking as a punching it, bashing into each other. But the skill of that that kick, like to, to know as a bloke, you know what, now's the time to do it. And to, he nailed it beautifully, as we all saw. I thought Jacob, that, like, little things Jacob like that. Prelim final against Melbourne, takes the corridor kick. Yep. You know, ball gets out the back. You know, there was a sequence of events. But if you don't have the bravery to take that kick, then nothing can eventuate. You can't win. So good luck to them. They're a dynasty. They've been unbelievable. Um, you know, they'll lose players, as you talked about before. Crichton, I think, is going to Canterbury. They lose yeah. players every year. The NRL system's amazing that they can play a year out knowing they're pissing off. You know, if if, if Melbourne yeah. – if, if Clayton Oliver had told Melbourne at the start of this year he was going, he'd be booed every game. You know, like mm. it's just yeah. – our mindset is, is different here in the AFL, very different. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, just, it's an interesting point to touch on. Is I, I absolutely love that part of NRL in respect yeah. of signing during the year. I can tell you, none of those guys pull up at all for their club, and they give a hundred percent for the entire year. Um, and then they go off and play, and hopefully, their obviously main aims to try and win a premiership with that club before they that go. Would, but yeah, I thought I'd want that because the media would be shut down way too much on that. You, yeah. you, That's you, I agree. You, 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 would, you would screw the scuttlebutt stuff, and that's not yep. what, that's not what they want. The AFL want media, 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 media. That's how they yep. go about their their thing. And you would you'd kill that off if you allowed contracts to be signed a year in advance and all the rest of it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, what's been the growth of our game financially has been the media. The money that the media yep. brought in gives them their their salacial ability to be able to talk about it, write about it, you know, speak about it, show TV about it. You know, basically twelve months of the year. I mean, we've we've finished the year, and now we're going into arguably one of the most exciting periods for AFL uh, people is to watch the the trade, the draft, and all the bullshit that goes with that. Yeah. Yeah. You look yeah. at the APL boys just quickly, like what they do in terms of with the transfer window, but they they put players on loan to other clubs. Look, everyone goes, oh, that that wouldn't work, but it seems to work pretty well over there. We like we like to console ourselves the world game that people watch, but we're minnows at times. Oh, minnows. the mid-season trading will happen in the AFL. I've got no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. The loan stuff will happen. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Yep. It could even happen next year, but I think it'll be twenty twenty-five. Yep. All right, let's put a hypothetical out there. Well, just while we're touching on this, <laughs> so you're allowed one loan player uh, into your club for next year. Lovey, who is it? Hang on. So you've got to be realistic. 
another football club is not going to loan me any of their best 22 players, what they perceive to be in their best 22 no, no, Lovey, you've, Lovey, you've got to live in fantasy for just Come two on, minutes, mate. mate. Live in fantasy. Come on. The other club oh, doesn't okay. have to sign it off. The club they're coming okay. from doesn't have to okay. sign it off. Lucky Neil. Yeah, fair, mate. Uh, you can't question him. For a guy that was out and down and done and not talked about, injury prone, he's on the back of his career. Lucky Neil. I mean, week in, week out, does his job. Just incredible. Yep. Week incredible. in, week out, he just does his winning, match winning thing. Yeah. Um, Cuz, who you got? Oh, I don't want the bloke. To as I'm looking at the screen, my left, but the bond, yeah, fair, bond and belly, yep. Righto, H, who, who are you taking? Who's who's going to rock your dynasty? Look, I, I I appreciate both comments. Fantastic players, but to me, what I love about the game, coaching it, playing it, all the rest of it, is I love goal kickers. I'm taking Kerno from Carlton every day of the <laughs> yeah, week. Hundred yeah. percent, mate. Razzle dazzle. Who sells the hot dogs and party pies? Well, uh, hey, maybe get your red right to stay little and you loan him out, mate. Charlie Kerno is arguably the best kick in the game. I mean, he's had a shit finals campaign. Let's be honest, he stunk, but he's but fundamentally, like kick seventy odd goals for Carlton. He lights up when he's on. He's the most electric player in the game at the moment. Yep. yep. He put yep. bums yep. on seats for you. He's my I second pick, mate, in my fantasy world, by the way. Just, just I want to put it out there. You Thank can't, you, Glenn, that's just ridiculous. You can't do that sort of bullshit. It's you a fantasy, Ellen. I can, believe mate, me. You had your pick. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Hayden said it. So, oh, yeah, he's my second one. Oh, well, what so then you had a rethink so on that. me there's a chance. Yeah! I had to break it up hey, a bit. You re- I you love know, it. Had you rethink? Do you Lovey. honestly believe you'd take Kerno over Bond? Lovey, would you when take you Kerno asked over the question, Bond? When you were asked the would question, you take Kerno what did you say? Over Bond? Come no. on, pick one. One. When you, when you were one asked cars, the question, Kerno or Bond? One cars, Kerno or Bond? Who would you Bond. take? You heard my answer. I said Bond. I think you, I call bullshit. So what I did you... you've had a second guess on this. Okay. I reckon Thank you have you. a second guess on this and you've gone, well, maybe I think I might get Kerno here. So, Just relax. Let me go back. Okay, we don't talk. We don't talk to one another. Right? It's okay. <laughs> uh, don't we miss Razor? No, no, hang on. Let me, please let me fishy, finish fishy. Because, no, lovey, you don't let people finish. Come back, lovey-dovey. This is your home now. Uh, we're using them all tonight, boys. <laughs> Stop. No, when you were asked the question, lovey, when Aaron said, let's play fantasy, <sighs> what did you answer? Did you, oh, I can't do it because the other club won't let me? Well, you, you never stipulated the rules. He said fucking fantasy. <laughs> Plenty, listen to me. There was one player selected. You went with one and a half, maybe two. Yeah, absolutely. You okay. backtracked on your bond. You've made a mistake. Let me, as a very famous man once said, let he, she, the tree, the wood, without sin, cast the first stone. 
Jeez, we've used a good five minutes up there. Cars, we only asked for one. Honda Pally. You had to go with two. You've got, you've turned the show into absolute ruckus. Hey? Eh? <laughs> Righto. Now I'm not gonna side with H because I <laughs> for fear of getting absolutely slapped. Um no, I don't want to. I, I, but I would take Kernow in a second. Don't get me wrong. I'm doing the right thing. Up. I'm looking after the blokes with hair down the bottom. The ball bastards at the top. You can all go forth and mock right I'm going to break you. up. <laughs> get the boy off. Righto. <laughs> Bring you back in in a second. Just call your Jets, cuz. Righto. We're going to go with uh, – I'm going to take stuck on you, Paul Norton. No, I'm going to go with Norton. Um, we're going to take him. We're going to steal him from the, from the Bulldogs. Uh, I think he clunks a lot, can kick a lot, with the right service. Okay. He's our man. So now that you've now that you've taken, now that you've grabbed a club's player, yep. Who are you willing to give up? Yeah, good question. I like this one. So let's push one back. Now there's so from a, your own club. Yeah, there's a few ways. There's a few up. ways here. You can let's think about it. This a couple of ways. You can push uh, to get rid of a player you guys don't want anymore. Or you can give them one that's going to upset their uh, their situation or where they're up to. So, Cuz, we're going to ask you for one. Oh, Kick sorry, I'm allowed to speak. Thank you. Just checking. So, I would like to get rid of a supporter in a minute, but that's another discussion when we go off air. <laughs> I think Essendon need to move on. Nick. Cox. Oh, massive call. Why? No, hang on. So just so we're clear, Alan, he's on loan. Stop, stop interrupting. No, no, so yeah. he's on loan. So he's on loan, so he comes back. Yeah, he, he comes back. Come back to you. Yeah. So you're not... Oh, sorry, I thought you must have made a question. As I was just clarifying. Someone interrupted me. No, come on, mate. Let's go. Wind it up. I think Nick Cox, because I know he's on loan, he's now playing with a bloke with no confidence he still hasn't quite got his body right. Um, I think Nick Cox. Yep, righto. H, let's, let's mix it uh, up. The greatest example of North Melbourne foreplay, Cameron Zerha. <laughs> yep, yep, the raging bull. Who knows? Plays who would know? Plays four good games a year, burns teammates religiously in better positions. Yep. And gets away with it because he's the raging bull. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. But the, the bad news is you've got to get him back. Right, I love you. Who you got? I'm going Darcy Parrish because I know I get him back. I'm probably getting a good, I'm probably getting really good reward for what I'm lining out for Darcy Parrish. And then, uh, and then I'll really, uh, I'll really bank, I'll bankroll myself on that for the second half of the year. And then I'll get him back. Happy days. So, yeah. so I got told off before because I was jumping on someone else's coattails. Hmm. Darcy Parrish, yeah, okay. Righto, cuz. Uh, by the way, how long did he sign for, H? Uh, five years, I believe, yep. That's a bit – that's – people question that at the time, five years, is that too long? Think of Norton. They've just gone and signed him for how long? Hey, 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 AC, you, you, you're spot on. Let's not even think about Norton. Let's let's think about Harry Himmelberg got six years at the Giants. Yep. And and it, it, it got talked about for two minutes over Veggie My Toast at the water cooler. Like seriously. Yep. And now they're we all my brother for another four. 
Incorrect. Which one, boys? Can I just come in for a second? Who was the longest one of sort of our sort of era? Was it was it Lynch back in the sort of day? And oh, Buddy, 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 most, Buddy most recently signed a 10 year yeah, or nine 10. year. Nah, Lynch was 10. Was Lynch yeah, Buddy 10 was well? nine? Oh, I think. Yeah. yeah, Lynch was 10. Yeah, average 150,000 bucks a year. Buddy with yeah. nine with a one extension. Um, and who would have thought, mate? He absolutely killed it, to be perfectly honest, for for seven of the years with a few AFL exemptions thrown in there for weeks, yeah. weeks off without strikes. But anyway, um, under under the player, I'd get rid of or loan, so to speak. V Grundy, I would loan him. <laughs> oh, we want him back. We actually want him back. The timing's Makes just not sense. Now. The Makes timing's just sense. not there. Um, you know what? If you could do it next year, Aaron. You would loan him out for the year. Gorney has one more year in the ruck. He's pretty yep. much almost cooked. Yep. Grundy just comes straight back in. No problem. The thing is, I mean, Melbourne's got a Melbourne's got a track record of doing this with good ruckmen. Uh, they don't play well with two good ruckmen. Um, so we tend to get rid of the second string ruckman who goes and dominates at another club. Um, Troy Simmons was one. Darren Jolly was another. Um, both Bruce. Well, we got Bruce when he was half smashed, but um, we got him back and we, we turned him into a star and then he went off and did did all right up at uh, GWS, let's face it. Um, Danny Hughes started as a ruckman. <laughs> did you say Danny Hughes? Did you show your age, Lobby? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bad news is we couldn't get rid of Straub's O'Dwyer. No one would take him, but oh, yeah. he wasn't a bad second stringer when he used to be able to get away with one on the bench. Uh, for sure. No, he was he was too busy with the birds in LA. Old strolls, yeah. Well, speaking yeah, of, yeah. Um, let's let's finish on this one, boys. We're moving on to the NRL. Four four teams from Sydney are going to get on the plane in a couple of months' time and head over to Vegas <laughs> to open to open the NRL season. What could go wrong? Kids in the candy shop. Who picked Vegas for starters out of all the places? Um, the question is, give us our prediction. Who's it going to be and where's it going to happen? Where's it going to go wrong, boys? So, it's, so it's, four, it's four Sydney teams, right? Correct. Excuse my ignorance. Can you give me the name of the four teams? Oh, clear, oh, yeah. Clearly easy four teams. It's going to be, it's going to be the Rabbitohs. It's gonna be it's gonna be Penrith. It's gonna be Parramatta. And it's gonna be the Eastern Suburbs Toffs, the Roosters. Well you're close, but we've got a cup. We have got um one of the grand final boys in there. So there you go. Oh, Who, who's it gonna be? The Brisbane Broncos are on their way to Vegas. So if and, you could I think the real question, Aaron, is Pick the four clubs who can completely destroy this troop. I think that's <laughs> yeah, what we're okay. looking for here, really, aren't we? So no, I'm let's give you the four. I'm going to give you the four clubs, and then I'm going give to tell you who I Okay, so Brisbane Broncos, yep. the Manly Sea Eagles, yep. the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and the Sydney yep. Roosters. They're okay. the clubs going. Um, for me, that's Latrell. Beware of Latrell. <laughs> Beware of Latrell and his influence. Um, but 
He can Teddy turn Martin it around. Let's Martin. be honest. Latrell can turn things around. Yeah, absolutely. What about <laughs> what about poor old uh, what about one of the poor old Broncos players this year, Payne Haas, who had a very good grand final. He's had a he's had a pretty poor off field. The poor bugger. His mum's gonna. <laughs> Oh, Mum's in a bit of strife, and I think brother might be delving in a bit of recreational activity as well. Poor you know, old I, I, for me, for my the, the player that could ruin it for everyone, he's got a bit of the Bailey Smiths about him, unfortunately. That's Reese Walsh. I reckon you get him in Vegas, and he can just oh, the absolutely rooster. yes, he could ruin it for everyone. If you can wear pink boots in a grand final like that, you, you've yeah. got and you basically. Your first State of Origin series, you're off slagging veteran 10-year Origin players <laughs> at the end of a game. Yeah. I, I suspect off-field, he's probably got all the confidence in the world and he's got no barriers to even think of. He would he would ruin this trip for everyone. Yeah, I think uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the warning of the trip, mate, to be perfectly honest. Okay. Uh, the pink undershorts and the pink boots, uh, I reckon you might see him out in Vegas. But let's not is it, rule, out, rule out the old sparring partner of Latrell, Adam Reynolds, captain of Brisbane. You, you know, you, if anyone's trying to get a Vegas action, it's Adam Reynolds, I reckon. Uh, is there a club that's... I was going to go with Reynolds. My big concern is bigger picture. If four clubs go, I'm not convinced that they will actually make it back to Australia. <laughs> yeah. All the players. Um, I think with, they we should probably... They should play over there the whole year and we should fly other clubs in to play them. Uh, like pretty much like New Zealand just relocated countries over COVID and just stayed in Australia. So, um, mate, that would be an un- unbelievable spectacle. The NRL could do it. If anyone could pull it off, uh, the NRL could do it. So we wish them all the best in Vegas. <laughs> That's for Is sure. Is there a club, Aaron? Is there a club you'd prefer to see go for these reasons? Uh, given some off-field antics, over the years, I'd probably say Parramatta. Uh, if, anyone's, <laughs> if anyone's going to play up, the boys from Parra. Um, I actually think your boys. Bit of history at the Bulldogs. Give it a shake. Yeah, a bit of history at the Bulldogs. Yeah, no, your boys would give it a good shake. You can't. No, I don't think uh, Pappenhausen and Munster and those boys are choir boys. They're. Uh, I yeah, think I they be. run the streets quite well. I would be a bit worried with Munster over there, that's for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Not sure he'd be able to hold back, but I think Pappy would be in a good position. Who do you follow? Boys, I'm gonna, I've got 1% on my phone. It's about to die, so I'm going to check out. 1% on my phone. Great to talk to you. I've got to leave and love you. We look forward to the live auction, H. See you, H. Keep on, keep on. <laughs> and we're down Very here nice. at Montmorency at this beautiful establishment. And we're at the vendor here. Have a quick chat to Glenn Carr. Glenn, talk to me about this property. Where did you buy the property? Uh, we bought the property actually in 2010, and we've done some lovely renovations that were recommended by the agent. We're ready to rock and roll now. We want $3 million. Come around me. Yo, yo, D. See you, boys. It needs to be, it needs to be done for the Royal Children's Hospital. That's what I should do at the donation. See you, mate. Well, it's great to have that big H on. Um, Thanks for uh, making this podcast happen, uh, Cuz, because we weren't probably going to do it because we don't want to congratulate Collingwood, um, let's face it. But we thought we'd do the right thing uh, and give them their chance. We gave them their chance. We only gave them an hour and a half's notice to come on board and give us give us a bit of intro about Collingwood. So we, Very smart, man, part. 
only a couple uh, took it up, but I must congratulate Darren Cummings, uh, who's who's a big lover of us and the boys. Um, all we can say is congratulations, mate. Let's go out with a bang. Let's enjoy the off-season, boys. A uh, couple of Chico rolls, a couple of dimmies, a couple of hot chips. Uh, it's it's, the, it's the season of the GGs. GGs are up now, you beauty. Yes, Cuzzer's uh, sweet spot. Um, <laughs> gets, it's a little bit serious. <laughs> yes, let's hope so. Keep yeah. it that way. Yeah. If it's not drink responsibly, it's gamble responsibly. So there you go, <laughs> Cuz. Just, just life responsibly, yeah? yeah Very absolutely. true. Yes, very true. All right, boys, let's get this done. Hopefully it's the last time we ever hear it or sing it or play it. But let's oh, sign You're not off. going to, are you? You're going to go again. Yeah. Have Penrith, got a, have Penrith got a club song? <laughs> but these boys do. Have a good off-season, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>